name is Inigo Montoya. Hello, Marion. India and the toe. Hello. Use the false loop. Get your job, Marlo. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. What's up now? Spider friends. Go for it. Transform and roll out. And all forms the head. That's what she said. Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerd Me Podcast. Jonathan, who's in this room with us? Alan, today we have a very special guest. We have Jay from the Enter the Nerd Zone Podcast. What up, Jay? Hey, guys. What's up? What's going on? What's up? Nothing. <laughs> We're just chilling. <laughs> All right. Well, Alan, why did we bring Jay on today? <laughs> oh, today we invited Jay on because we will be talking about soundtracks our favorite soundtracks i guess when we were younger 70s 80s 90s or so back then the the albums that were almost every song was just totally enjoyable and from a movie right so we're not doing soundtracks in the sense of orchestral theme music or background music but like pop songs um i don't know what they do it so much nowadays but remember in the 80s and well i think it's most prevalent in the 80s where movie soundtracks were just full of pop songs and it was rare to see a movie soundtrack on the top 10 albums of the week or the year or whatever. So I don't know that it's as prevalent now as it was back then, but yeah, there are definitely some really awesome soundtracks out there. What would you say, Jay, current movie, can you can you think of something off the top of your head that has a pretty good soundtrack of something that's kind of modern? I mean, I don't know if it's something that's kind of modern, but I mean, both Guardians of the Galaxy films yeah. had incredible soundtracks because they were such relatable songs. And... I mean, back in the day, back in the 80s when I was growing up, I loved soundtracks because they, to me they were like greatest hit albums of, of songs that I just loved. Instead of buying five or six or seven different albums to get one or two songs, I had everything all on one album. And I think that's why soundtracks really resonate with me. Hmm. Right. And the, the funny thing about Guardians is, you know, yeah, they're, they're probably two of the biggest soundtrack albums of the past few years, but they're filled with 70s and 60s music. So... Yeah, it's not like they're using current music on on movie soundtracks nowadays. I mean, I can't think back, think about movies uh, unless it was specifically a musical. Maybe the American Pie soundtrack, and that's just twenty years ago. Oh know. yeah, that was a good album. Yeah, it was a good album. Yar. But Jay makes a good point about you know it's kind of like a you can get all these different songs from these different people on this one album. And what was great about soundtracks is that sometimes the movies weren't even that good or didn't perform that well, but their albums could do really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. All right. So we each picked three of our favorite soundtracks, mostly from the seventies and eighties. And uh, we're going to talk about each one. So uh, Jay, you're our guest. So you get to start us off. Well, I thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So, my first soundtrack, and I actually like this movie. I chose Eddie and the Cruisers just because it was a great soundtrack. It was a pretty good movie. I don't know why they made the second and, and killed it. But what I really loved about it is this music really kind of harkened back to like the 60s, a little bit of doo-wop, a little bit of how the music in the 60s was kind of changing from that kind of classic rock doo-wop sound to get a little more progressive. Really, you know, looking looking up and down here starts off with On the Dark Side, which I think this movie came out in 83, I believe. I mean, this was a huge song. 
and it's really kind of the linchpin of the movie. Tender Years, which was a great, great song. Run Around Sue, which is which is an old Dion song. But it's really filled with original music that was, most of these songs were written by John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. And, you, you know, I, I love music from that era, from the 60s. This, this was just a great soundtrack. I didn't know they made a part two to this one. Yeah, Eddie lives, and it, they really shouldn't have done it. It was yeah, it was, was god bad. awful. Is it the it same actor, the, the guy that played Eddie? Michael yep. Perret, yeah, it is him. Oh, no kidding. Him. The great Michael Perret, and I say that with no sarcasm at all. The great Michael oh, he Perret. Was, he was great. He, yeah. he really was. Loved him in Streets of Fire, loved him in Eddie and the Cruisers. I don't know why they did Eddie, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jen, let me answer this. Go ahead. Have you heard or read anything about how they approached Springsteen about doing this and maybe the movie was loosely based on kind of like, cause they're you know, look, Eddie Cruz is about a Jersey shore band. The guy's mm-hmm. a singer songwriter. He's that blue collar guy. He's got the, you know, he plays these rock and roll dive bars and, you know, he'll do college shows and things like that. All things that Bruce was known for back then. And then if you really think about John Cafferty and the beer Brown man, there's a little bit of a Bruce doppelganger thing going on there, even down to the saxophone player. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. did your reader hear anything about that? Yeah, actually, looking up about this album, Springsteen, you know, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, that's pretty much what they had in mind when they started doing this film. But I guess at that time, he was really making a name for himself. So they really kind of searched around looking like, you know, we really want that same kind of sound. And John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, I mean, they're really Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band light. And I guess, you know, what I what I found is that originally they approached them and they wrote one or two songs and they were like, wow, this, this is really good. You know what, guys? Do the soundtrack for us. And they did. And really, except for Run Around Sue, which was, like I said, was an old Dion and the Belmont song. John Cafferty wrote all of these songs. And I mean, they're they're great. I mean, they're, they're just great music. I think what's what I like is when Eddie's dead and it's, what, 20 years later or whatever, and the one guy... Mm-hmm has his own little tribute band and he does baby Lou's got a new pair of shoes. And that's like the one song in a flashback. And he's like, there's no way we're doing a song like that. <laughs> you know? and, and it's really, a, it's really, a, it's just a, not an awful song, but it's very uh, simplistic, I guess is what, what the problem was with that. I think I, well, I think what the problem was is when they were rehearsing it, he was going too fast and Eddie keeps telling him, I think the bass player's name was Sal. He's like, you know, you're going too fast. And he's sort of like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, no, not whatever. You know, this, this is the way music is supposed to be. There's supposed to be. And I, I mean, I'm not a, I don't know anything about music other than I joined, but he's like, you know, there's, there's, there's a reason that the beat and the tempo and the harmony, there's a reason why it's like this. And even when I was younger and I kind of watched that, I was kind of on Sal's side. I was like, well, what difference does it make? But when you hear people cover songs that you like and they do it wrong, like they do it too fast or too slow, you're like, oh, yeah, now I get it. There's a reason why the tempo is a certain way. And, and, that, was, and that was the problem he had with that song is that Sal just kept playing it too fast. <laughs> yeah, and, and this was one of those rare <laughs> this was one of those rare soundtracks where one band did all the music on it, because as we spoke of earlier, they were all most soundtracks were a hodgepodge of different artists contributing yeah. one or two songs to a soundtrack. But yeah, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band pr- did pretty much this whole soundtrack. I yeah, had no they idea really... that that was the band behind the music. Yeah, everybody thinks it's Michael Parre and the band. That, no, that's just like no. what a good job they did acting it, I guess. Yeah, they really did. And, I mean, not for nothing, I mean, there's a lot of really good, or really, I should say, they really weren't well-known then, but Tom Berenger was in this film, Joe 
and I can never say his last name Pantaleone. right. Pantaleone. Pantaleone. He was in this film. You know, so a lot of people that hadn't gotten a big name yet. I mean, it was a, it was a really good film. It was a really good story. And honestly, you know, I know it ends where we see that Eddie is alive. You know, he faked his own death. And honestly, they just should have left it at that because the second film, I couldn't even name any of the songs from it. And it, it just really kind of took a big poop on the first film. Did most of the cast return for the second movie, though? No. Uh, you know, Michael Pare returned and the guy that played Sal, the bass player, he returned. And then since Tom Berenger didn't and Tom Berenger was a pretty big he was he was pretty influential to Eddie because he was actually his lyricist. Right. Scenes that were between him and Tom Berenger, between Eddie and Tom Berenger, were sort of reshot to put Sal in like it happened to him. And it was, ah. it, you know, they kind of changed it around. And I was like, well, what's the point then? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, Toby, it, it, Toby Tyler. <laughs> oh, Toby Tyler, Toby <laughs> Tyler scene. That was funny. <laughs> now, did uh, John Caffrey do the music for Eddie Lives? I don't think so. I think he he probably took a look at the script and said, I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, see if Bruce will do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> He's not in the middle of the biggest tour of his life. All right. That's a good one. That's a very good one, Jay. If, if, if you hadn't chosen it, I would have chosen it. Cool. My first album is a Prince album. Hold on. I'm pretty bummed, man. I mean, like, I like that movie. <laughs> so and I, I didn't realize what? that. Wow. I didn't think about that freaking album. I feel like I, I've missed out of like, you know, 30, 30 years. I could have been listening to this freaking album. Okay. Sorry. You know how to do a good soundtrack? I mean, you know the songs, right? Tender years. I was familiar with, with I think, Dark the main time. ones, but not really the whole album. You know, because I think when I watched the movie, I, I wasn't, I don't think I was really focusing on the music itself, I think. Mm-hmm. You yeah. look at the, at the hot Jersey girl. <laughs> her name, Gina. Was her name Gina? Yeah, who was it? I think her name was... I thought it was Marissa Tomei that played her, but it Joanne. wasn't. Joanne. Her name is Joanne. Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was Marissa Tomei, but it wasn't Marissa Tomei. No, God, that would make Marissa Tomei like 60. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like this movie because he was, you know, the lead actor. He was in that show, Greatest American Hero, and uh, and Streets of Fire, right? It's the same guy. Streets, no, Streets of Fire, yeah, same guy. Yeah, and I do. I love those th those shows in that movie. What, what was he a student in Greatest American Year? Yeah, he was like one of the. He kind of reminded me of like what's his name, Vinny Barbarino from Welcome Back, Cotter. He was like the head, hey, Mr. Carter, yeah. <laughs> of the group and stuff. Yeah, hey, Mr. Carter. <laughs> yeah. All right, my first album. Yes, is a Prince soundtrack, and not the Prince soundtrack you think, because Jay snapped that one up too. <laughs> so I went with another really good and I think underappreciated Prince album and I think it's underappreciated because of the movie it's associated with and no it's not Under the Cherry Moon although that does have some good songs on it it's the Prince album associated with the Batman movie now it's not officially the Batman soundtrack I don't think because that's the Danny Elfman theme and all that but Prince was approached to write a song for the Batman scene with, with the Joker's like parade oh yeah 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 so I guess he got to see the movie first or, or read the script or something like that before he did all this. And he liked it so much, he decided to write a whole album for it. And they used a few songs in the movie, maybe two or three. But he wrote a whole album surrounding the theme of Batman and everything going on. 
it's very guitar heavy it's very there's a lot of music mixing going on a lot of electronic stuff i think prince was exploring some some different ways to to write his music and things like that it doesn't sound like any other album he's ever put out well that i've listened to at least up to that point and you know he's coming off of purple rain in 84 under the cherry moon sign of the times he's coming off these really huge albums and he just puts he just drops his batman soundtrack to the point where a whole song that's really just different mixes of instruments and clips from the movie you know became the number one single off off this soundtrack and it was the bat dance you you guys remember bat dance yeah i do yeah, I, I think that was like the first time or one of the first times movie clips were used successfully in a song. Well, I have to Probably. think. What, what Pro- other movie Pro- does have movie clips in the song? I, mean, I can't think of – yeah, I can't think of anything before that one. Really? Yeah, and, and, it just, and it just it's just a testament to the genius of Prince and the things he did. But the biggest songs, obviously, is The Bat Dance. The mm-hmm. Future was the song, I believe, being played – the Future was either being played in the museum when a Joker is ruining the museum – or it was the one at the parade, and I always get the future and Party Man mixed up. So Party Man was either the parade or the museum, or the future was the parade or the museum. So whichever one was the museum, the other one was the parade. But Party Man, the future, and Electric Chair, and Bad Dance are four great songs off this soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack all the way through. You can listen through, but I'm not as I'll be honest, I'm not as familiar with the other songs. Uh, Trust is actually a good song too. But yeah, everything is has is related to his feelings on the movie and what he you know what he saw, what he liked. You know, he's got a song called "Vicky Waiting," which I'm sure isn't oh. sexual at all because it's Prince. Why would it be sexual? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it came out in '89 uh, when the movie came out. So his last album of the decade of the '80s, his last '80s album. Gotta love Prince. Guy was a genius. Yeah, he uh, he was. And I think like, you know, John, like what you said, like it is a guitar heavy album. And one thing that people really don't associate Prince with is he he was actually a phenomenal guitarist. Like people don't really know that about him. He's probably one of, I would say he's a top 10 guitarist of all time and totally underrated. Well, the thing is he played like nine instruments. Yeah. Yeah. But he rocked that guitar, bro. I mean, holy crap. He really did. If you go online and look up Prince Hall of Fame, there's a... This is before they were put on HBO, the shows. But he's on stage with, like, all these guitar heroes, and he's just shredding it. (laughs) And it's insane. It's insane. That's awesome. Yeah, they were were doing While My Guitar Gently Weeps. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. George Harrison. Right. And he he does this extended solo, and it's like, it, it just blew me away. And it's, you know, he's up there with guitar legends, and they let him take the lead, like, showing him the respect that he rightfully deserved. Wow. Yeah, musical genius. So not the Prince album you thought, but an <laughs> underrated and very good soundtrack. That's a good one. Thank you, sir. <laughs> okay, here's mine. 1992, so a little bit later on than these other films, this movie came out. It's a Disney one. Disney makes a lot of good soundtracks, but this particular one really resonates with me. It is Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah. So when I was picking up my albums, I went through my phone playlist. I do listen to a lot of soundtracks, but if I had to find my top three albums that maybe every song was good, Aladdin is definitely one of them. It's fun when you hear this album because... You know, you're listening to the music and you're basically following the movie. You know, you can start from beginning to end. I mean, Robin Williams sang on one of the songs, Prince Ali, Arabian Nights. It's such a fun album. I can listen from front to end. And especially if you like the movie, then it's, it's a no-brainer. And then I believe the, the theme song, A Whole New World, 
They also had the cut with uh, Leah Salonga right. when she sang the movie version itself, and, and I prefer that one too. That was done pretty well also. But you know, I would say most of the Disney soundtracks are done pretty well. But Aladdin, if I had to think of like my favorite soundtrack, I mean, I'm sorry, favorite Disney movie during that time period, it's probably going to be Aladdin. Oh, yeah, definitely. Do you guys know Aladdin was the first Disney cartoon movie I ever saw? I never saw Snow White. I never saw Sleeping Beauty. You never saw Beauty and the Beast in the theater? I did not see it in the theater, no. Oh, no, Aladdin was the first one I saw in the theater. And because I always thought, because they were mostly, I thought they were like girl movies because, you know, Snow White and all that stuff, Sleeping Beauty and all that. So I felt more comfortable going to see Aladdin because it's about a dude. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's still my favorite <laughs> Disney movie. But yeah, Alan, you're right. It's it's a fantastic. Hey, hey, listen, listen. (laughs) When you get older, and there's this thing called Disney on Ice. Oh, I've been there like five. Oh boy! Holy smokes! Those trying to trying to get something. Get me? Let's not go there. All right, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) uh, You know what? My first uh, movie. Movie Disney was. I remember I was like 18 at the time. No, I was 20 at the time. So obviously I've changed. Anyway, so yeah, I really enjoyed Aladdin, and, and Prince Ali's my favorite song. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, it's a great song. Well, Ron Williams uh, does "Friend Like Me." He does his Prince Ali. Um, he does the uh, the intro. Um, Nights, yeah. Arabian Nights. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool one. Very, very cool. And I believe a lot of the things that Robin Williams did was uh, spontaneous, impromptu. Yeah, he improvised. Yeah, he improvised. We got the live action one coming out with Will Smith as the genie. Oh, is he the genie? Yeah. All right, I can see that. I can see too. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if they can use the same music. I think so. With that, I saw the Broadway show was really good. Same music with some added songs. Oh, okay. Yeah, they do this. Uh, cool. If you go to Disneyland, they'll have the Aladdin, you know, live action uh, play, and that's done really well. So if you ever get a chance to see that, I recommend. Do they they do the songs with it as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They do a really good job. Really, really good job. Check that one out. Or Disney on Ice. That's a, that's a cute one. Yeah, Disney on Ice is fun. Oh. oh. <laughs> Tinkerbell. I fell in love with Tinkerbell. At my ice show. Tinkerbell is especially cute. All right. Okay. okay. All right, okay. then. All right, then. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. All right. Okay, what else you got? All right, so for my next pick here, I'm pretty much sticking in the 80s. And this, again, this was a film. I really love the film. And... This soundtrack really, really stuck with me. So this is the Pretty in Pink soundtrack, because to me, this was the time, 85, 86, when I was really starting to kind of discover new wave post-punk music. And this is really, I don't want to say it's the Bible of, you know, new wave post-punk stuff. It's sort of an introductory textbook to it, if you will, because some of the, some of the groups on it I had heard of, some of them I was just starting to discover. And a lot of these songs really kind of resonated with me. The film really resonated with me. And when you look up and down the soundtrack, of course, the title song, Pretty in Pink, done by the Psychedelic Furs. I had never heard of them, but this album, the song kind of got me turned on to them. Shell Shock by New Order. I had really loved New Order. New Order was kind of formed out of the ashes of Joy Division. I was big fans of theirs. But my favorite song on this album was a Smith song called Please, 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 Let Me Get What I Want. I really had loved the Smiths. I, I'm a big fan of Morrissey. And these songs, you know, they really kind of touch you on a deeper level, especially when you're a teenager, you're in high school, you're going through the ups and downs of high school. This was kind of like, for me, like my school soundtrack, my high school years. The soundtrack was pretty in pink. Oh, that's cool. You know, I never liked the movie because Ducky should have gotten the girl, I thought. 
Now, did you know I that did. that is the that that yep, that's the original <laughs> ending. But that audiences the, hated it. Which which I totally don't get because oh, hold on, hold on. say that again. They had a different ending? Yeah, the original ending was Ducky gets the girl. Yeah. And test oh. audiences were like, no, she's what? gonna go with Blaine. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it kind of ruins the whole point of the movie. I think. Wow. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> so, Jay, I just sent you a link to uh, the soundtrack listing of a movie called Times Square, and I mm-hmm. think that you like Pretty in Pink. This this was this came out in the eighties, uh, nineteen eighty, I believe. And um, I think you would you take a look at this. I think you'd find some stuff you'd like. I will definitely check that out later. Yeah, Pretty in Pink. That was John Hughes, right? That was a John Hughes film. Yeah, that was like. Well, if there's Molly Ringwald, there's John Hughes. Yeah, I think that was the last of the Molly Ringwald trilogy, right? I believe so. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Sixteen Candles. Was that John Hughes? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it was. Yeah. Really, any '80s teen coming of age film, it's nine times out of ten, it's going to be John Hughes. So, (laughs) it's it's always a safe bet. (laughs) I really liked If You Leave. Yeah, I like that one too. Oh, everybody loves that one. But they, see, that's the thing is orchestral maneuvers in the dark. They had to write that song because the ending was changed because they originally. Oh, and I had it somewhere. They originally had a, a different one of their songs was actually for the ending where she goes with Ducky. And then the film producers were like, yeah, people don't like it. So now she's ending up with Blaine and they're like, all right, we'll write you a new song. And in, and in 24 <laughs> hours, they wrote If You Leave. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I never yeah. knew that. When I was researching this album a little bit, I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very You cool. know what's crazy? James Spader. That's freaking Robert California from The Office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he plays a jerk in Pretty in Pink. Does oh, he? yeah. He, yeah. he is a... Oh, yeah, yeah he is. Andrew a, McCarthy is the guy she mm-hmm. winds up with. Yes. He's the other rich oh, guy. Oh, okay. I'm getting McCarthy, these two right? fools confused. I got gotcha. you. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Robert California. Robert California. Um, James Spader plays his rich friend who's a jerk. Oh, yeah. All right. like, I'm why are you dating the poor girl? <laughs> it's yeah, so 80s. Yeah. It's literally oh, it a line so in the movie. Yeah, that's literally a line in the movie. Why are you dating the poor girl? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, but then, yeah, but then later. Yeah, but then later on, he tries to practically date raper. He's like, oh, I want to get some of this now. Yeah, if he's slumming it, I want to slum it. He was a great 80s villain, James Spader. He was. But whatever happened to Andrew McCarthy, though? He was he was super popular during that time period. He pops up here and there. I he think did he a, a lot, too. Was though. it Mannequin? Oh, I loved Mannequin. Yeah. Mannequin, yep. <laughs> With a young Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. That's a great movie. She was and Hollywood. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Wow, Jay, you pulled stuff out of your butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Bazinga. All right. More catchphrases. <laughs> All right. Very good. Yeah, well, look, they had Echo and the Bunny Men, which is funny. Yeah. I, only know, I only know one song from them. The one everybody knows. <laughs> Suzanne Vega. Suzanne Vega, yeah. who was with the Bangles at the time, had uh, Left of Center, which is a great song. Suzanne um, Vega was in the Bangles? Yeah. No. Oh, no. I'm thinking of Susanna Hoffs. I'm sorry. No, sure. the, the uh, I messed that one up. In Excess, yeah. New Order, Psychedelic Furs. That's a good soundtrack. Is that right? Uh, that's a good pick. Another another awesome album I, I missed out on. Well, this is why we put them on the show. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Write this down, Alan. Music you have to listen to this weekend. Gotcha. <laughs> Eddie and the Cruises, Pretty in the Pink. Yeah. All right. All right, my next one. Uh, Where do I want to go? I want to go. Okay, I'll go here. Rocky Four. Not one, 
not two, not three. The movie that ended the Cold War. (laughs) (laughs) Not with its fists, but with a rousing monologue by Sylvester Stallone. Rocky IV is my pick for my second album. Why? If I can change, you can change. First of all, we all can change. That, mo- that, that speech should start with, oh, that's, I have severe head trauma. That's <laughs> what I'm about to say. <laughs> that's why Rocky V was it. I can't stop shaking. Uh, <laughs> I can't stop shaking. <laughs> and that's why Creed too has a line in where he goes, that man broke parts of me I didn't know I had. <laughs> uh, very true, though. <laughs> I'm breaking Creed 2 and it's not out yet. Anyway, Rocky Four. All right, you got Burning Heart by Survivor. Hearts on Fire by John Caffrey and the Bieber Brown Band. Boom. You got I a Tiger by Survivor. You got Living in America by Mr. James Brown. Stop. And then you have Mr. Vince DiColo, who composed the training montage, because it's a Rocky movie, so of course it has a training montage. And I don't remember what scene this is in, but uh, it's something called War. War. Huh. That one note. Something else. Uh, there's also Kenny Loggins, Gladys Knight, Go West, Touch, and Robert Tepper. Well, let's just talk about the main ones. Burning Heart and Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. First Heart's of all, on fire, man. That's that's my yeah. Man. That that's on my workout playlist song. It's gonna get. Oh, oh I'm sorry. These are the main <laughs> ones. That's the main one. Right. Yeah. Well, well it's Eye of the Tiger was the main one, wouldn't you say? No. That. Well, yeah. I, I thought guess. that was more Rocky. Wasn't that more Rocky Three though? Cause yeah, that was Mr. T. Eye of the Tiger. It's yeah. on the track listing. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. So you got some fire. You know, like I, well, I was going to say, you know, working out, burning heart, I didn't tell your hearts on fire. Hearts on fire is a fantastic song. Holy crap it is. And I had no idea oh, yeah. that was a Beaver Brown band. Yeah. You're a fan of the oh. Beaver Brown band? Didn't know it. I didn't know That's it. That's right. <laughs> Imagine we, we, we talk Alan to go to a Beaver Brown concert before the show. And he's like, I know this one. I know this song. I know this song. I love this song. That's no, it would be more like, wait, they sing this? What? <laughs> I'll be right back. I got to get a T-shirt. <laughs> wow, I can't imagine singing that song. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I would say more modern, I guess. Isn't that a montage song, too? Or is yeah, that's, yeah when, that's, that's when he turns yeah. it on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that, that that ends where he climbs the mountain and he's like Drago. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, but it starts off where you know you can hear him spinning that freaking jump rope, right? And and the camera closes in on that freaking barn where he's training. He's got the man beard on. So sexy. Yeah, he's uh, his greatest acting ability is his jump roping skills. <laughs> that's insane. He goes insanely quick. Oh, absolutely. Now, nowadays, that'd be digitized. Ryan Gosling would just be like, <laughs> you have like green angles. <laughs> Ryan Gosling, oh, he's dreamy. He ain't jumping rope for real. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, so, but come on, living in America, the greatest. First of all, you thought Apollo Creed's entrance in Rocky One was a spectacle? <laughs> right. Oh God! With Marine Corps band with Green M dresses George Washington. You got James Brown singing <laughs> "Living in America" as as Apollo Creed comes in with his USA trunks and his top hat. I want you! I want you! He's having a good old time. Drago's like, I'm about to kill you, man! Wow! <laughs> you better enjoy this moment because you're about to die. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I would break you. 
Hey, no one saw that one coming. When Apollo died, Dolph Lundgren. I was traumatized. Rocky saw it coming. He wrote the script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was rough, right? When he died. Yeah. Oh God. I yeah, was that was heartbreaking. That. Oh, that was crazy. The worst part was Rocky was about to throw in the towel and he didn't. Or did he and it didn't get in? No, he he wanted to, and 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 Paul's like, "Don't do it." Don't this stop is, nothing. This is the movie where Adrian actually says to him, "You can't win." You can't win. She yeah. doesn't say she's at him. Yeah, yeah. Like, damn, baby. <laughs> and this is the one where they gave Paulie a robot for his birthday. <laughs> That's right. All right. That's right. I love Paulie. He wanted like a Porsche. <laughs> he had a robot. <laughs> yep. Is it parked out in the is it parked out in the driveway, Rock? <laughs> that's part of that's part of the Pauly programs that have a sexy voice. Yeah, <laughs> yes, Pauly. You sure be a Pauly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was great. I, I mean, you can say what you want about those scripts, those first four movies, but you can't deny the drama and the and the thrills that those movies gave you, and the quotability. Come on. Yeah, I mean, show me a, a workout playlist that doesn't have a Rocky song on it. I mean, it just it automatically it inspires you. You play it right now, and everyone's going to start running around and like you know shadow boxing and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. go from the opening theme to you know Eye of the Tiger and Hearts of Fire, Hearts on Fire, and all that shit stuff. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Oh, and No Easy Way Out by Robert Tupper. There's no easy way Oh, that's right, yeah. How can I forget that one? That's a great tune also. Yeah, that's when he's... Was he driving a Lamborghini at that time? And it's like it's, all these flashbacks. Oh, is that when he said that Apollo's dead? Yeah, they, yes. yeah well, he kinda, yep. they do all these flashbacks from like Rocky 1. I mean, that, was a, that was a good movie just to end the franchise, I think. Well, yeah, because what came after that? Oh, jeez. Well, Rocky Five was what? Tommy oh, Gunn. Oh, right? that was terrible. Yep, Tommy Gunn. Yeah. And was it Rocky Six or what was it called? Balboa? Uh, Rocky Balboa, which which I think definitely made up for Rocky Five. But, yeah, but he was like 70 years old fighting a, a 30 year old. It didn't make sense. It was more, you know, it was more, uh, you know, he, he felt he had unfinished business, the relationship with his son. It was, it was a lot. It was more heavy on the drama than the boxing, really. Gotcha. Yeah, that's true. Well, I enjoyed Creed. I'm looking forward to Creed too. Hope it has a good oh, yeah, As Rocky would say, oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> All right. Alan? Yes. Mine goes way back 1978. 36. Uh, the jazz singer. Uh, oh, what? What? No. <laughs> Grease, the original soundtrack for the motion picture. Yeah. It's John Travolta, Olivia Newton John. Uh, I just, you know, th- this movie is very fond to me. It's one of the first movies I remember my mom brought me to at uh it was like one of those driving movie theaters and things and and I just remember it was so funny because there's a scene when uh his name Danny Danny was thinking about yeah mm-hmm. uh, what's that girl's name again Sandy Sandy, Sandy. and there's a scene where he's actually at the drive-in theater too so it was drive-in theater <laughs> and I was at the drive-in theater with your mother yeah, <laughs> hold yourself. What the hell? Oh, I can't drive at the time. Don't be. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a romantic scene, and you're talking. You're reminiscing about no, it. No, I'm just saying. I remember that that scene because it was at the driving movie theater too. Oh, uh, I got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know, for me, my favorite song was Grease Lightning, which was cool because we'd all do the dance and we'd that's all. That's a think dirty, dirty song. Oh yeah, that's right. It is. Song. 
Is it a dirty song? Yeah. A lot of innuendo. Really? Innuendo. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Yeah. But yeah, this this is this was huge. This was like, uh, if I recall, it was a it was a double album. I think also. it was. Right. My it sister was. had it. My sister had it, and those that's why albums like physical vinyl albums were awesome back then. Because it, it was double gate, you know, double folded because it had two albums in it, and yep. the inside looked like a yearbook. Right. It was awesome. Yeah. This was the first LP that I ever bought, like with my own money. Like right after we saw it, I, I had to get this album. Wow! This was yeah. my second eight track that I got. How about that? Wow! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what was your first? Uh, Flash Gordon. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had those two puppies on 8-track. It was such a pain in the ass because if you liked the song, you'd have to, because there was no rewind, right? You always had to flip forward until Luke back go all the way again. through, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, boy, we had it tough. Oh, so funny. <laughs> Freaking 8-tracks. 8-tracks, I remember. Right, so Romero, looking, my first car you had an 8-track <laughs> player. You, yeah, you look at the opening song, Grease by Barry Gibb. Gibb, great song. Yeah. Summer Nights, great song. Mm-hmm. Guys on one side, girls on the other. Hopelessly devoted. Oh, awesome. Good song. Yeah. You're the one that I want. Come on now. Sandy. Awesome. Strange that driving. I can't sing Sandy. Branded a fool. What will they say? Monday at school. Okay. Oh, Sandy. <laughs> baby. And this one. Hi, hi. What is hi, hi school? What is that? <laughs> All right, you got beauty school dropped out. You got look at me. I'm Sandra D. You got grease lightning, and then it falls off from there. It's raining on prom night alone. Yeah, and then he goes to the classic songs with Sha Na Na and stuff. Sha- Remember Sha Na? That's right, Sha Na. What's the dude's name? Bowser. Bowser. And he used to flex his muscle. That's right. What muscle? The guy, the guy was skinny as anything. Oh, but he had this little nugget on his arm. He used to flex it all the time. <laughs> that was a thing that people watched. Shot that I watched. Shot on. I watched. Shot like on. Three o'clock on a Friday or Saturday. I mean, yeah. <sighs> I needed more friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, rock and roll's here. Those magic changes. Hound dog. What was that other oh, show? Hey, they had? It was a dance. It was like solid gold. Remember that one? Oh yeah, I remember solid gold. That was awesome. Yeah, that was like porn. the solid gold dancers. It was yeah. Marilyn McCoo. Oh, what else? There's a lot of songs on this thing. Rock girls here to stay. Those magic changes. Hound dog, born to hand giant. Tears on my pillow. Mooning. Freddie, my love. Rock and roll party queen. These are worst things I could do. Look at me. I'm Sandra D. We go together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. That's a nice choice. Boom. Great choice. Great choice. That's 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 when we were all at that age where we were all in love with Olivia Newton John. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's funny Mm -hmm. is that they they're playing high school people, but they were like in their like mid twenties. Yeah. I think Olivia was even older than us. Uh, I think she was in her 30s. Yeah, well, yeah. Wow. <laughs> still looks good now. Oh, and she, oh, can, oh, yeah. she can still sing, too. Yeah. I always wondered. Uh, she's the first person to make me wonder. It's like, why does she have an accent when she's talking, but she sounds like American when she's singing? Yeah. We, we talked about that one time. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wonders. She's Remember the first that? person I, I noticed that with. Uh. I was like, boo what? <laughs> <laughs> Last album. So this is the Prince album you were thinking about. This is um, thinking of. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, to me, to me, this is this is the great. Not only is this like the greatest soundtrack out there, this is probably one of Prince's greatest. Like this could have been a standalone album of his. Of course, it's Purple Rain. 
I mean, I think like enough said there with that. Let's, you know, you look at the track listing. Let's go crazy. You have Computer Blue, Darling Nikki, When Doves Cry, mm. I Would Die For You, Baby I'm a Star, Purple Rain. I mean, the, the only thing I'm a little upset about is that Jungle Love is not included on the soundtrack because that was an awesome song. And why it's not on the soundtrack, yeah. I don't know. But That's yeah, it's, it's Lazy yeah. the time. Oh, God. <laughs> and the bird. Don't forget the bird. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they did the bird. Yeah, it's just it's all of Prince's songs on there. Purple Rain won the Academy Award for Best Original Score, I believe. Wow. Oh, I, mean, I, I love Purple Rain. That's just the song Purple Rain. Holy crap. It's so good. Oh, God. It's 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 so good. And again, it just showcases what an amazing artist he was because let's go crazy. He's got that killer guitar solo at the end of the song. Oh, yeah. And just, I mean, it was a good film, too. I, re- I remember watching it and kind of understanding what was going on. And I just remember that, who was Apollonia? Uh, yeah. I was just, I was just like, man, how does he get these hot women? You know, because he, he's like, <laughs> oh, Apollonia was, oh, oh my, oh my. Can I tell you? Can, you, can I tell you a story about Apollonia? Go for it. It's a short story. First boobs I ever saw on TV. We had rented Purple Rain. <laughs> we had rented Purple Rain. I was watching Purple Rain with my brothers, and she just walks out of the lake in all her booby goodness. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, where he makes her jump in the lake. Yep. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you never hit your first, I guess. <laughs> I guess not. Donnie's voice dropped. Wow. <laughs> I was like, hey guys, what you watching? Oh my god. <laughs> I want to go to there. <laughs> yeah, it was just in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the genius of him. Uh, I I love how Baby on the Star and um, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I would die for you. I would die for you and Baby on the Star. How they I'm a star, yeah, they lead right into I love, each other. I love, I love Baby on the Star. That's just a great song. That's I love just the confidence. You know, he's like, you don't see it, but I know it, and you'll find out. Just the lyrics on those uh, computer blues and Darling Nikki, all the songs. Just the lyrics are just phenomenal. And of course, you have him playing kick-ass guitar and other instruments. Um, and then the surgeon. Why did he have a keyboard player dressed like a surgeon for no real reason, right? Why not? I mean, that's just, you know, that was the revolution. That was the revolution, man. The thing the thing that I thought that was crazy about that film was it was supposed to be the revolution and more stay in the time were competing to be like the top band in that club. And they were saying that Prince and the Revol or the kid, he was called the kid. You know, that they weren't good enough. And I'm like, are you listening to the music? Like, are you oh, no, kidding the, me? Well, the, the movie <laughs> opens listening? Let's Go Crazy. <laughs> The movie and they opens. make fun of it. And they right. make fun of You're the like, song. And I'm like, go crazy. I'm like, what are you making fun of? You just sing a song called The Bird. And you're making fun yeah. of Let's Go Crazy? Get out of this club. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, that's the thing. He he should have had someone, and I don't like Morris Day, but a little bit more believable that you could think, like, all right, I understand why Prince is having a hard time. Then I started to wonder, like, does that mean Prince thought Let's Go Crazy was a, sh- a crappy song? Yeah, like, it, it just it just didn't fit. Like, I was like, why are they mocking it? It's like a kick-ass song, and, you know, you're going to do Jungle Love, which Jungle Love's a great song, but, I mean, come on, it's it's like night and day. <laughs> <laughs> I actually loved it, what was it, the end of uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, that they hire Morris Day in the time to perform for them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's how funny. about... How about after his dad commits, or what's his dad commits suicide after beating his mother or something like that? Yeah. Morris Day goes, how's the family? I'm like, what the? 
Exactly. Like, that's just unnecessarily hurtful. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting in his head. <laughs> I guess so. And then he busts out Purple Rain. He dropped the guitar right there, but he kept going. Boom. See, now I got to watch that. Dang it. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no. You, oh, no. You have to watch a good movie. Yeah. Hey, that's a great pick, Jay. I only got 40. That's, that's a great pick. You know, when you guys mentioned this topic to me, I mean, this was the first album that popped into my mind was was Purple Rain. Right. Yeah. And it's got to be, I mean, you said top soundtrack. It's got to be in the top 50 albums of all time, I would think, right? I think so. And I was reading somewhere, it was the number two album of the 80s behind Thriller. Wow. So, there, there you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thriller was a great album, too. Yeah. Oh, it was. Now, my last album is another one that would, would inspire you to jump rope or go running or fight somebody. Jump rope in a spotlight, actually. In a spotlight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a gym with only one I, light. Now, I talked about this. I think I, talk, I talked about this movie, right, Alan, in one of our podcasts? Yeah, it was like teen mm-hmm. you know, back to school movies or something like that. Oh, teen movies of the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, go yep. check it if you haven't heard it yet. It's a vision. It's the soundtrack from Vision Quest. Like, such a good soundtrack. A great, a, a really good movie. And I'm biased, you know, because I wrestled in high school a little bit. But this soundtrack is so good. It opens with Only the Young by Journey. And it goes right into, uh, you know, the music they choose for his different levels of, you know, long story short, Lionel Swain's a wrestler who's who wants to wrestle the, the best wrestler in the state. He's got to drop weight to do it. And he's sole focus that until he meets a girl, an older woman, and then his focus kind of changes. But through everything he does, they pick. It's like they pick the perfect music for it. So it opens with him jogging and running because he's trying to lose weight. It opens to only the young by journey. Boom. And there's a scene where he's he's mad at the you know, coach is telling him, you know, I'm not gonna let you. You know, you're getting sick. Your your nose is bleeding. You, you got like you know two percent fat on your body, and you're still not making weight. I'm not gonna let you wrestle this guy. And he's like, you know, more or less, screw you, coach. And he goes and he gets on the pegboard. He starts climbing the pegboard. And this this song kicks in Change by John Waite. Such a great song, Change. Change? And then, I don't know that one. Change. It doesn't matter who you are. It's all the same. Change. You know it. You know it. You, <laughs> okay. you, you would know it. He, you just wanted know me it. To, he just wanted me to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hum a few bars, John? I don't know that one. <laughs> What is amazing grace you keep talking about? <laughs> row, 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 your what? <laughs> then you have two Madonna songs. Madonna, who was probably just hitting it with like a virgin, I think, or maybe that wasn't even out yet. Maybe only her first album was out. She's got Gambler on it, which is an okay song. But one of my all-time favorite songs. Excellent for eighth grade dances. Crazy for you. It was the dance of the 80s. The dance of the 80s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody dances that crazy yeah. for you. Just just a great. And she's singing that in the bar when he's with the, the older woman in the bar. And then right before he's about to wrestle, shoot, you know, he's all alone. He's pacing. He's practicing some of his moves, his escapes and his takedowns. And they're playing Lunatic Fridge, which is a got a great guitar riff in it. Oh, it's just such a it's the perfect. This is I think we need to talk about this a little bit. What makes these albums so good besides the music is how they're used in the, in the movies. That's why the Guardian soundtracks are so great. The perfect song at the perfect time in the movie. And Vision Quest does this so well. The perfect song, the perfect moment of the movie. And it really provides an emotional, like ticks up the emotional stakes of whatever scene these movies are in. And I think Lunatic Fringe does that perfectly. It conveys that feeling of like, this is what he's worked for. And he's about to go through with it the next six minutes. 
are going to decide whether or not he wasted his time or not in trying to cut weight and, and having this this one goal, you know, to beat shoot. And I think Lunatic Fringe is perfect for that scene. It was a song, I'll Fall in Love Again by Sammy Hagar, and which I forgot was was in the movie Hot Blooded by Foreigner, which is just a good song in and of itself. And wasn't and also I think when he did the training montage, wasn't like Hungry for Heaven by Dio was in it? I yes, think? that's right, Ronnie Day, Ronnie James Dio, Hungry for Heaven. That's and right. that's and that's perfect too because when you when you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's it's basically about chasing your dreams and chasing your goals, and he's training for this you know this the match of his life, his ultimate goal. And it's like the song was perfectly set, like you said, for that moment. Yes, and they they just do such a great job. You know, you got to give credit to these music directors or whatever the title is of the people that put these things together. Mm -hmm. They know what they're doing. It's a great watch for call it too, because uh, like a lot of these songs are great workout songs because they just motivate you. At least that's what I think. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hungry for Heaven is on my workout playlist. Yeah. Okay. Cool. How does that one go? Hungry for Heaven. You know how it goes. You go to Spotify and you look up Hungry for Heaven. Because I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> Hungry for keep Heaven. Keep up, Alan. I'll sing, I'll sing All of Crazy for you if you keep it up. <laughs> oh, I'm not boy. familiar with that song at all. Hungry for Heaven. Huh. It's like, oh, I God. thought you would be. You sound like a, you'd be a Dio fan or Ronnie James Dio fan. Who, me? Yeah. He was all like ACDC heavy, heavy rock. Really? Yeah, he fronted Black Sabbath for a while. Huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I shall look it up. It's impossible for you to sound less interested right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are picking really good albums. I, I just never thought of them as, you know, maybe listening to the whole soundtrack at all. You know, I, I, I didn't own these things. Well, because, like you know, like I said up front, for me, these were like greatest hit, hits albums. They compiled songs that I loved that I didn't have to hunt around for them. Right. Because what... I think what this generation doesn't get is, you know, we didn't have Spotify back in our day. You know, we didn't have iTunes. Right. It was go out, buy an album, buy a single, or wait for the song to come on the radio or MTV and tape it off of there. Yeah. Can I tell you, I've never heard the word single before in my life. Really? Cassette we single? always say cassette single. Oh, oh wow. Never You're say single. <laughs> that must that must be the very specific Central Jersey location I'm in because. <laughs> yeah, because that's what we just call them. Jay, we grew up ten miles apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, but you, yeah, but you were from the south, so you know. No, you, I'll, you, I'll yes. screw you with that noise. <laughs> I'm not South Jersey. How dare you? I don't root for the Eagles. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, I don't know. We just called them. We just called them cassette singles. I just never. I I'm, now I'm, I'm lamenting all the time I wasted saying cassette singles when I could have been saying cassette <laughs> singles this whole time. <laughs> Yeah, we were in a hurry. We didn't. We didn't have time to say two words. I you know, we had to throw it together. <laughs> it could have been the doctor with all the extra time. I would have saved. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's only a word that combines cassette and single. The singles. I bet those bastards in North Brunswick have a word. <laughs> East Brunswick, wherever Brunswick you're in. <clears throat> East Brunswick, yep. Mm-hmm. Represent. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, hungry for heaven, Alan. I have to look that one up. I'm not familiar with it. At all. Check it out. Now, were you joking that you don't know what change is? You know what change is. You know the song. No. Yeah. You really you, – all right. Well, look that one up too by John Waite with an E at the end. Okay. All or right, just you look up the whole Vision Quest soundtrack. And well, and now yeah, I've got Spotify. Go. It's going to be a lot easier to find these things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. Spot, Spotify is a godsend. Oh, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I was blown away. I'm like, dude, I can type in any album and it's there at my fingertips. It's, it's, it blows my mind. 
It's insane. Well, how do these artists make any money then? If, if not- my niece was showing me Spotify, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. She goes, what? I'm like, how do they make money? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, then it doesn't make sense to me. Like, she, like, I, was, I was fighting with her. I'm like, they're not making money like this. She's like, Uncle John, this is how it works. I'm like, no, this is wrong. She's like, no, type this up. And I did. It was there. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Oh. Yeah, because I don't get any commercials. So Yeah. Nah, I don't. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. When you yeah, when you purchase the premium one, you get no commercials with it. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Like if I'm an if I'm an artist today and I wanted to make money and and I'm on Spotify, do, do I make money? I don't know. I don't know. What do we know? That's why they tour constantly. I guess that's where the money is. Yeah, they say mm. the money's tours now. Mm, okay. They're not making money over because they they don't really do singles anymore either. Because like, I mean they don't really sell albums anymore because there's you know you like a song you buy the song. You don't buy the whole album. Right. Yeah. True. Okay. All right. And my last album, this one is 1993, and I did not care for this movie at all. I just like the soundtrack. It is 1993's Sleepless in Seattle, which is just a bunch of older tunes, you know, music by Jimmy Durant, Louis Louis Armstrong, Nat King Cole, to name a few. Just a good album. I mean, it's it's like again, you're talking about greatest hits. This is this album kind of reminds me of another movie I didn't care for, The Big Chill. Do you remember? Do you ever hear that album? Yeah, it's just a bunch oh, of yeah. really a lot older of Motown, songs. right? A lot of sixties Motown. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you wanted a mix of older, I guess, uh, love songs, Sleep of Seattle fits the bill. And if you like the movie, I guess it'd mean more. But Rosie O'Donnell's in the movie, so. But, <laughs> but if I had to pick uh, another album, which is just purely ACDC, Maximum Overdrive, where the soundtrack is just all ACDC, it's basically a best of album. And and I had that one. That was that was sweet because. Yeah, I think you guys talked about before. You didn't. You didn't have a whole lot of like the best of, you know. Right. Because I remember yeah. at the time I, I, I even heard. I you think, talk about uh, the Stephen King movie Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, it's all oh, okay. ACDC. I didn't know that. That's yeah. Cool. Oh, I, yeah. You know, I remember about that movie. The the one truck had the Green Goblin head. Green on Goblin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's a Marvel character. I have to go watch that. Yeah, it's, it's all. It's a basically a best of album. And uh, oh yeah, well, I was saying that. I remember reading an article that why you didn't see a lot of best of. And I think they were saying like, oh, if you do a best of album, you're done. You know, like you didn't have anything else to give to to sell albums. It was like a it was like a cop out and stuff. I was like, screw you, come on, yeah. Come on. All my AC DC music on on one album was fantastic. Yeah, now now people that had two good songs will have a greatest hits album. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. no, it's it's very true. (laughs) It is. It's like, how does Natalie Bruglia have a greatest hits album? (laughs) Just remixes of torn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> sorry Natalie I had no reason to throw her under the bus but. so you have As Time Goes By by Jimmy Durante A Kiss to Build a Dream On Stardust Making Whoopee oh yeah these are old songs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now Joe Cocker's got a, a wink and a little Harry Connick Jr um, when I fall I loved that song when I fall in love and you know it's been in my head a lot recently and I could not remember who sang it Celine Dion I knew it was her but I couldn't even figure out the guy I'm like, and I refused to look it up because like, I kept thinking people Bryson <laughs> well, he, he he did all the wow. duets in that time period. Yeah, he did he did all the duets, right? He did Aladdin. Yeah, yeah, uh, and other things. <laughs> That's right. a gentleman named Clive Griffin. That I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah, that that is a great song, actually. Yeah, when I, 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 I think I remember when I watched that movie. I was just lo- only looking forward for that song, and it didn't come till the end credits. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what the hell. What do you think Celine was going to walk out onto the top of the Empire State Building and start singing it? That'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. 
That was a, that lot, was of a lot of fun. Yeah, I got, got a lot of music. Fun. I got a lot of movies I got to watch and a lot of music I got to listen to. Yeah. And just, you know, when you guys had mentioned this topic a while back about the greatest soundtracks, I was thinking, would you say that Kenny Loggins is probably the most famous soundtrack artist just because he, he had so many hits on soundtracks, on different soundtracks? Wow. Ele- please elaborate. Well, you know, he had Caddyshack, I'm All Right. He had oh, uh, yeah, Highway Judge. to the Danger Zone, okay. Top Footloose. Wow. Oh, yeah, Footloose. Keep going. Yeah, and then he, on the Rocky Four, you said, you know, he had one there. Yeah. Was that a hit, so, though? Uh, but, you know, it was a soundtrack. Like, I, like when I think of Kenny Loggins, I just think soundtracks. Like, I, I don't think really any... Like all real his songs. songs. <laughs> yeah, all his songs I associate with different a soundtracks. Sound- That's about it. <laughs> Let me see. Who do I think of when I hear soundtracks? I think Celine Kenny Loggins. Oh, yeah. Celine, she's the queen. Oh, yeah. She yeah. is the queen. Because she's yeah. on Beauty and the Beast, Sleepers in Seattle. What else? Titanic. Titanic. What? Titanic? <laughs> yeah, that's the Filipino. But you never saw that's the Filipino version. Oh, that film cracked me up. No, Jay, I'm not Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna lose your Filipino fans. You don't watch it. I'm telling you. <laughs> you're, we got Jay, you. you're that's our okay. Filipino fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Anyway. Yeah, she 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 did Deadpool too. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. I think Celine for the win. awesome but this is great and look we could do a part two of this again because there's so many great soundtracks we didn't really go into the 90s you know we talked about american pie and other movies are out there you know and most i I, you think about most of the disney movies the soundtrack i mean beauty and the beast is great a little mermaid was a good soundtrack you know just things like that there's a lot out there I would say Guardians think, of the Galaxy Volume 1, that one really stands out as like the most recent, like, whoa, all of these songs are really good. Right, and and Suicide Squad tried to copy that, and while they picked good albums, I mean, while they picked good songs, it goes back to, does it fit, does it work with mm. the theme of the movie? And exactly. They, you know. Because the, the problem there was they were just constantly throwing songs. Like, every scene change, it's just, you know, let's just throw another... Hey, what, what, what's a cool song the kids might know? Let's just throw it up there. Yeah. Right. Or that that literally describes the character, you know. Like, yeah. let have no nuance to what we're doing whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my favorite all-time soundtracks, just because it was it's such a great collection of songs, is the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Oh. Oh, yeah. Good, good pick. Really yeah. Good That's, I mean, from the 50s all the way through the 70s, Again, that's like all your favorite songs from those eras on two CDs. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick right there. And what's great about it is because the movie goes through all these decades, so does the music. Like, I think it opens yeah. with, a, with an Elvis song, right? I Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, towards the end, it's like you're looking at, like, I think Freebird and some stuff in the 70s, maybe yeah, even CCR. into the early 80s. Yeah. Yes. You know, a movie where I don't think I'm, I'm not familiar with the soundtrack at all, but I, I think it would be a good one if I actually sat down with it. You ever see a movie called Baby Driver? Yes, I love Baby Driver. Yeah, I bet, you, I bet you that has a, like, a, like a, a stacked album of, of great songs. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Sure. You know what was a good soundtrack? I didn't see the movie, the I Am Sam soundtrack, because they're all Beatles songs, but they're all redone by, um, by different people. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. I Am Sam. It's a really good. And, of course, Iron Man 2 is all ACDC. Yep. That's pretty much a great album, too. There you go. Jonathan, anything, please? 
Uh, no thank yous this week, Alan. We're recording a little bit earlier than usual. Yeah. I want to thank Jay for coming on the show today. What's oh, up, guys, dude? thanks for having me. <laughs> it's no, always a quality show me. when you're on the show. Oh, stop. Yeah. Oh, stop. Cut <laughs> it out. Jay, let me ask something. This is your what? Third time, second time, fifth time? Maybe second or third time, maybe? Okay. I'm going to say three. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking three, too, but it might be two. Uh, we did. Uh, we did. No, no, we did uh, JLA Avengers. Right. Yep. This one. And. Or maybe we did a show on his channel. Uh, well, yeah, well, we, you the... and I have done a couple together. Yeah, we did some on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I guess this okay. is only a second time. Hmm. It might be. Okay. All right. Second well, we got less. some new people off of Instagram. <laughs> Alaska McGee. Thank you. He's a Indiana Jones kind of dude. He's got hats for every season, it looks like. XX Hero XXX. Sounds pornographic. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like a cheat code. <laughs> <laughs> that was well, funny. then we know where our brains are. <laughs> Video games and pornography. Swap Spot. This is cool. So they followed <clears throat> us on Instagram, and I actually found them on their app, which is actually called Swap Spot. So if you think about Instagram for geeky, nerdy stuff, Download their app. It's pretty cool. Oh, my God. I downloaded their app yesterday, and this is no lie. We're not getting paid for this. I started using it today. I've already posted more on SwapSpot than I have on Instagram in, like, over a year of having Instagram. <laughs> That's cool. I love Swap. Well, people are talking to me about the stuff I'm posting. And we're interacting. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That's, that's exactly correct. The community over there is is it's really neat because we all have the same mindset when you're on that app. So, Jay, if you're not on it, check it out. Swap spot. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. That sounds like a really cool spot. I mean, I love Instagram, but this sounds like it's a little more intimate. Well, yeah, and what's cool is like you can – because there are different interests. So like uh, what I do today, I posted a – oh, I was at Five Below and I I found some really cool DC uh, multiverse figures for five bucks each. I found uh, the Super Friends version of Aquaman and Superman. So I'm like, heck yeah, I'll get them for five. You know, they retail for 20. So I got them five bucks each and I put the picture up and then it says, well, what groups do you want to see this? So I put toy collectors, DC comics, DC extended universe, just anything that you think would be interested in it. And I've gotten some decent, uh, you know, quite a few comments on this, on things. So it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to check that out then. Cool. Enjoying it. And lastly, we have Uncle Dave's Books, who's also a good friend of Geeks Unite Cafe. Uh, he is an award-winning children's book author and illustrator. So check them out, too, on Instagram. So thanks for following. Yes, and uh, check out our recent The Weekend Geek. So you hear Ellen from Geeks Unite Cafe discuss the board game Pandemic. She's going to make me bankrupt, dude, because after after she was on the show, <laughs> the following day I went online and I bought a freaking board game. As I, I remember telling myself I, I need to stop because it became an addiction, and then boom, I'm, I'm buying another damn game. Which games you get? Oh, it is called. Hold on, it's a cool Trouble. game. It's oh. <laughs> shut up. It's <laughs> no, it's it's called Chronicles of Crime, and what's really different about it is that it also incorporates some virtual reality stuff, so you can use your phone, and you know you can mm. click on a card, and and so because it has that aspect of using using your smartphone, there's it's basically it's like who done it, who killed whomever, and things like that, and because it's associated with a smartphone. Even though you beat the game, there's going to be more games and more games. So it, is, it can really, truly grow. It's just a, it's a really cool device. So check this one out. Chronicles of Crime. Check it out on YouTube. Tom Vassell from Dice Tower does a, an awesome review on it. I watched that stupid video and I was like, God, <laughs> Ellen brought me back. 
Okay. I'm Just done. so you thought you were at, Alan, they pulled you back in. Pull you right back in. <laughs> My wife's going to kill me when she sees the bill. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. And, Alan, I'm excited about our next show because you know what it is. Oh, I, I, I do. <laughs> you should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's our anniversary show. Aww. Aww. <laughs> One year ago. Actually, our, anniversary, our official anniversary was yesterday, November 7th, when we posted our first show, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Boy, that yes. sounds like crap. Uh, oh, audio-wise, God, I'm talking quality. I'm talking quality of audio. The sound quality is crap. Yeah. The the content is also crap. But, <laughs> no, nah, just kidding. No, the content was good. I mean, we were rough. We were new to the game. Sure. We were using our phones. We were recording audio on our phones. You know, now I have cool microphone. I have cool headphones. And uh, we, we had no production whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've come a long way, baby. So okay. I'm Virginia, so I say that. So... <laughs> Can I just can I just say something about your guys? Oh my first, god, are you still uh, here? Podcast? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. No, don't say anything, Jay, because you're going to be on the anniversary show. What you want to say now is going to be on the anniversary show. So hold on to it. Uh, okay, righty. I know what you're going to say. Why would you cut him off? Because it, he's going to tell us how it moved him to do something. His bowels? Probably. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> we are okay. the great con- unconstipator. Uh, Jay, so where can we find you? Oh, gosh, where can you find me? Well, when I'm not at work, uh, I'm busy on some other podcasts. Uh, of course, Pete and I do Enter the Nerd Zone. We just dropped uh, an episode today where we compared Mel Gibson and Kurt Russell. We waxed poetic about them for a while. I also took over Stuff You Don't Need to Know. I kind of do a solo show when Diana is away at college. When she comes back, you know, we'll do some shows. And I have Defender of the Realm where I do role-playing games. And coming up on that one, my co-worker and a good friend of mine, he's actually away at a convention now. He paints mini- he paints miniatures for tabletop games. He's heavily into tabletop games. He's actually going to start his own line of miniatures soon, I believe. Wow. Uh, and I'm going to interview him. And I'm really excited about that because he I, – I, I mean, I'm kind of – I kind of wish I could do this on YouTube, but I'll definitely put the pictures of his work up on Instagram. Uh, his work is amazing because these figures are like three to five millimeters high, and he paints them with such detail. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, that's well, awesome. Jay, if you do film it, we, we can put it up on our channel if you want. Okay, then. I will do that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, no, I mean, I'm serious. Like, we can, we, yeah. we'll give you credit, but if, you, if you're looking for a place to put it, I'm saying we don't have a problem putting it on I would channel. definitely love to see what these things look like for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely for sure, you know, I'm definitely gonna, because <clears throat> I believe he has like a Instagram of his own and a website of his own. And I'm going to be recording it at his house. So I'll definitely be taking pictures and putting it up there of some of his work because it's, I mean, how he gets the detail and, and some of and some of the detail is it's freehand like logos and, and designs like he does freehand logos on these flags that are one to two millimeters high. And I'm like, how the good Lord heck. How the heck do you do this? <laughs> Tiny paintbrushes, I guess. Oh yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Some of these paintbrushes. <laughs> but okay. yeah, that's that's where you could find me. Awesome. Yeah, it was lots of fun having you on again, Jay. Oh, I, I always enjoy coming on Nerd and Me. All right. Uh, speaking of Nerd and Me, you can find us on Anchor FM and Instagram at Nerd and Me, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Nerd and Me Podcast. We're everywhere, kind of. We're like a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Huh? Uh, uh, yeah. See what I did there? That was good. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, and also, if you download the, the Swap Spot app, we're, we're there also. Yes. 
Swap, swap. Swap, swap. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> what do I say? Oh, yeah. This is Alan signing off. No, that's wrong. Oh, golly. It's only been Sorry, a year, dude. Until next time. <laughs> Martha. Peace.